Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 72. Today, we're going to be starting a month full of tech coach stories. That is right. You asked for it. Today, we're going to be starting our deep dive into what it takes to become, be, and succeed as a technology integration specialist. We have a great guest today, a familiar guest today, and one that I am excited to actually sit down and talk to on more of a personal and professional level. Look for a great interview today with a familiar friend. I hope you're having a great time this holiday season. We just wrapped up an amazing Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you guys had a chance to take advantage of all the great Black Friday and holiday sales. If you guys are looking to take advantage of something this holiday season, take advantage of our brand new specials over on AskTheTechCoach.com. We are offering a brand new deal on our Tech Coach Mastermind where we're offering an extra month. That is right. 13 months for the price of 12. Check it out over on TeacherCast.net slash Mastermind. And we would love to see you guys at our December Mastermind meeting. There's, of course, other great things that are happening over here on the TeacherCast Educational Network. We have just added a ton more content onto our podcasting channel. You can check it out over on Podcasting with Students Today. Those of you guys who are on our mailing list know that I just created a brand new Oh, what do you call it? Podcasting studio of my dreams. I had a chance to play with about $20,000 and build an amazing podcasting studio for my broadcast journalism program up in my middle school that I'm working in. And I am here to tell you guys all about it. If you're looking to figure out what kind of equipment to buy, what kind of apps, what kind of software, and how to create an entire curriculum around audio and video, check it out today over at podcastingwithstudents.com. We, of course, want to hear from you guys every single day on Twitter. You can reach out to us over on Ask the Tech Coach. Leave us your questions. After all, this is Ask the Tech Coach. My guest today is an amazing digital learning specialist from the great state of New Jersey. He is my co-host on this very podcast. I want to bring back to the show Mr. Nick Amaral. Nick, how are you today? Welcome back to the show. It's good to see you, buddy. Hey, Jeff. Good to see you again and uh, excited to be on and, and share some personal stories and talk a little bit more about uh, what it is that I'm doing, even though, you know, we've kind of done this thing for a while and, and just to share more on a personal note as far as what's going on. So I'm excited to be back. It is great to see you. And, and just so we're clear here, you're not the co-host today. You are the guest today. So I want you to kind of sit back, make yourself at home, grab yourself a little cup of coffee. And today we are here to put you on the hot seat, talking all about technology coaching, talking all about some of the great things that you're doing in the state of New Jersey. Um, it's been a while. How have you been, man? I've been good. You know, uh, just, uh, Getting done with a lot of house stuff that we're doing now, moving into the holiday season, um, yeah. and then work-wise, just uh, continuing on with some some projects that we have, special projects with uh, some AR VR stuff. I'm getting through some holiday uh, professional development hours. We're also doing a lot of work with um, 
interdisciplinary learning as a district goal and initiative that I'm doing. So I've got some workshops coming up with uh, with that. So it's just it's been a lot going on. And I'm excited now to maybe get into, even though it's the holiday season, a time where maybe I can start to wind down a little bit and plan for the, the year to come. Well, today you are on that hot seat. And the whole Uh-oh. concept of this show today and the shows that we're going to be bringing you in December are tech coach stories. You see, it is Ask the Tech Coach, and many people start off by asking, how do you become a tech coach? What do you do? How do you succeed? And you're one of those amazing tech coaches that you just like doing it so much, you decided to take a 12-month position, something that we're <laughs> going to certainly be talking about throughout the year. But let's uh, let's start a little bit about you know who is Nick Amaral here? Where'd you come from, and, and what got you into technology? Sure. Um, so I was a uh, high school English teacher. So I taught for uh, six years at a school down in the Jersey Shore. Um, and during that time, you know, I just was always looking for something to do with my classroom um, as far as engaging students a little bit more, getting their attention, things like that. Um, I worked, uh, ran the gamut as far as high school English, which was interesting. So I did everything from special ed uh, resource level up to the honors level. Um, um, public speaking and all these different electives, but it was working with the special ed and resource level kids that I was looking for something that, to spark interest engagement in the classroom. So uh, I was never one to shy away from redoing lessons. My wife would tell you that spending hours and hours on redoing things at night. And one of the things that led me to was gamifying a classroom. And Long story short, gamifying my classroom, uh, speaking to people like Chris Aviles, um, Dan Harold out of Pittsburgh, um, and getting that ed tech innovation inside of the classroom is what led me to then moving more into a tech coach role. Uh, I was always presenting and running workshops in my district, opening my doors to show people what I was doing with gamification. But it was at that moment where I started presenting a little bit more and doing PD for my district um, that then I was asked to kind of fulfill more of an instructional coach role. And then I did that for roughly a year. And then that opened up a door into a district-wide position where I'm at now. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. You said you were doing PD for your district. Is this stuff that you were seeking out or did the district just notice that you're a really fine young guy and <laughs> hey, Nick can try these new things? Like where, where was the push coming from? Yeah, so... Uh, so let me step back. I would say I I am always looking for PD, my own personal PD, right? So I, between going to conferences, reading articles, whatever it was, I always did a lot of reading as far as blogs and, and different websites and books and whatnot, as far as pedagogy and stuff like that. So I always took a very curriculum approach to ed tech, which I think is what is needed. Um, but I think it was that, that idea of like gamification is a mix of blended learning and personalized learning. And I think my district at the time noticed the work that I was doing and they were looking for a bigger push as far as personalized learning uh, that then they felt, ooh, you know, can you present on gamification, blended learning, personalized learning and start to put workshops together for our school at the time. And so I was kind of the deliverer of PD uh, for that district uh, when they needed it. That was more like in-service days, you know, stuff like that. I wasn't a, uh, I w- wasn't signed on as an instructional technology coach at the time. And then the following year is when they decided to open up a role. 
Now that's that sounds very familiar, and I'm sure that a lot of sure. coaches out there listening to this are nodding their head, going, "That was my story. I, I mm-hmm. am a classroom teacher. Or I was a classroom teacher, and the school district started to notice what I was doing." Now, um, for many tech coaches, that's where the story starts. For many tech coaches, that's where the story ends. Um, at one point in time, I'm sure you had said to yourself, "I'm pretty good at this." Are there opportunities in my district? Or is there another district where I can expand my opportunities and maybe help my family out? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think I was in that same about, exact boat. Um, it was, you know, district at the time was, hey, this is something we're interested in. Can you fulfill this role? Great. I did. Um, I was still teaching at the time as well, which is what made it very difficult for me was still teaching a full size, you know, teacher's load and taking on a tech coach position. And I was looking to, to do more of the tech coach thing. Um, so unfortunately that didn't work out, but what ended up happening was now presenting at different conferences on gamification and things I was, and sharing the things I was doing in my classroom happened to open up a door now at another district where it was, hey, we're looking for someone that has the experience of what you've done and is a class or was a classroom teacher. Would you be interested now in kind of doing this um, at, at our district? And so, you know, that that that's tough. And I know it's tough for a lot of people. Do I leave my district? Do I not leave my district? But to me, it was about the opportunity. I, I will always say to people, if it wasn't for my first district who kind of opened up a lot of doors already, I wouldn't be where I was, but, and gave me the opportunities I did to innovate inside the classroom. But I was looking to try something new. And like you said, you know, you present a little bit and you say, man, I, I, I can do this. I know I can fulfill this role. So that's how I felt. And and I decided to take that role um, with my new district now. But you didn't just turn yourself into a tech coach. You actually no. took on a 12 month administrative position is that the idea here yeah so it's like it's like quasi administrative it's an interesting role it is i am 12 month but i am not on the teacher's contract and, and and guide so i'm not bound by that um i work a lot with the curriculum director and the and the uh technology director of our district so you said that you're like an independent contractor for your school district now does that mean that you're not in the union do you have any protections is there like a tenure in your position can they get rid of you tomorrow how what kind of security do you have in your job and 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 how does all that work yeah. So yeah, it is an independent contract. So, you know, f- that's how it fits with like the, I guess the curriculum director and the technology director and whatnot. And it is a 12 month position. Um, but I, I guess they could technically get rid of me if they wanted to. Um, I am technically tenured. I do gain tenure as far as like on the teacher side of things. Cause they did want someone to have uh, a, a teacher, uh, have been a teacher in the classroom before. That was their goal. They didn't want someone who just had a tech side. They wanted someone who could connect to the teachers, has lesson plan, done things that way, that can be in a classroom, that can fulfill roles that way. Um, but yeah, I guess the scariness of it is technically I am an independent contract. It is on a year-to-year basis. I do get renewed you know, come April, May, and, and I guess anything can happen. But I guess I wasn't afraid of that. You know, I gave up tenure at the time in order to move into the position. And one of the things that kind of that quelled that for me was knowing that the district I'm going to 
Um, my position is actually called the uh, coordinator of staff development, or for short, just the staff developer. Uh, and we know there's a million titles out there. But one of the things that quelled it for me was the fact that this was a position they've had for roughly 12, 13 some odd years, possibly a little bit more. So that helped me knowing that they had one person in this role before who had been in it for 10 plus years and they want someone else to be in this role for a lengthy amount of time. So that that, you know, that made me feel a lot easier. So before we get into actually what you do in your position, sure. I, I, I want to get back to this whole idea of, you know, your 12 month, your administrative um, review with this, your your background, your degrees, of course, in education. You said you, you were, used to be an English teacher, but mm -hmm. you don't need to have an administrative degree for your position. Right. And in the state of New Jersey, you don't have to have a tech coaching certificate. So what qualifies you? And look, yeah. I've, been, I've been asking you this question for years, right? <laughs> but but what, what qualified you on your resume to be into this? Yeah. So I, it's a great question because I, you know, I say the same thing when we, when, especially in New Jersey <laughs> and not myself personally, but when you look at roles, right. And you say, I, I, I want this role. Well, shoot, they're using the title of director. I don't have the director or principal license. Can I go for that? I mean, there's so many parameters around it. And one of the loopholes, I guess, we'll call it a loophole, is the title, the word coordinator. And that triggers the fact that you don't necessarily have to have a licensed degree or whatever, uh, right. you know, certificate in a specific role. So like your, your, your tech directors don't have to be licensed. exactly right. Which is kind of weird though. Cause they still put the word director in there, but they're not director of technology with an education background, I guess. So they don't have to have that principle cert. Right. Um, but for me, it was, I guess a lot of years, five, six years. So of experience, doing these things in the classroom, I think that is what held a lot of my resume weight. Um, one of the things, you know, just things that looked good, the innovation in the classroom, I had done work at the time with, uh, with Samsung, Samsung at the time was coming out with a thing called Samsung smart school, which they partnered then with Google. Um, and then it became what later today is more known as like Google Classroom and Samsung was doing a lot of very similar things. So what's funny and what I think helped me at the time was doing work with Google and using their product inside the classroom. And then Samsung smart school stuff on the background used to come into my classroom, observe and wanted to see how I was utilizing technology in the classroom. So all of that work culminated with you know, just the educational background that I have and then uh, presenting and people kind of, you know, hey, we like what he's doing inside the classroom. So there you are, right? You are looking forward to a long summer. And next thing you know, you have to go to work in a new position starting what, J July 1st? And yeah, that was, yeah. There, there goes your summer. Um, how was that? Like, what, tell me about that transition that you went from English teacher to, hey, honey, it's 95 degrees outside and I got to go to work. Man, that was the uttermost, <laughs> most difficult change, I think, was realizing. So I, I started mid of the end of the year, right? So I finished my, I think it was end of March, beginning of April. Uh, so we'll say end of March is when I started my new, next gig. And you know, Jeff, like coming in as a tech coach, I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. I'm not trying, especially at this position where it is quasi-administrative and some of the things that I do beyond just tech coaching, which we could probably talk a little bit later. But 
I'm just trying to get a feel for what this district knows, what the teachers know, what they're doing. So yeah, I come in, I do that. I get to get a little bit of a backbone and a feeling for the district. And then July, June, July hits and I'm stuck. I'm there working in the summer. So that was, that was tough. I mean, and I drive a length of a way. So knowing that I'm driving at the time, what was like an hour and a half distance North and then, you know, coming back South Jersey, that's, uh, that was tough. (laughs) So what did you do? Right. Because we, 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 we talk about this a lot, you know, having those conversations, meeting those people, setting yourself up for success. Um, what was your first couple moves that you made? Because really, you know, as soon as you get into there, yes, it's, it's, it's June, July, but you're getting ready for September. And that was it. My goal was in the beginning. Right. So when I started was just popping in, saying hello, making myself available, doing a lot of observing um, of the district and how things are being run and taking part in a couple committees, groups that they have, like a technology committee that they that we run in our district um, and just getting a feel. And then July was saying, all right, now that I've got all this information, let me sit down with the technology director and the curriculum director and find out what our goals are. Um, so that's what we did come end of June, beginning of July. What are our district goals? What are our expectations? What do we want teachers to know? Things like that. Um, now, what you do you that, first, you said the position was around for years. So, I mean, how, before yes. the teachers got there, how did the super, how did your, like, how were you introduced to the other 12 month teachers? Was it, Hey, here's Nick. He fixes everything. <laughs> Was it, Hey, here's Nick. He's just sliding into the role or we have a new guy. Let's really figure out what we want this person to do based off of his strengths and weaknesses. So a lot was already changed. So one of the things was a, the previous person who had held this role for 10 some odd years didn't actually have an education background, didn't have a degree in you know secondary education or English or anything like that. So it was actually someone who came more from a corporate tech side that also had a very ed, ed tech knowledge, but learned a lot on the fly what they wanted to change was they wanted someone with more education background, knowledge of the educational tools that were being used in the classroom, not so much the corporate networking and all that stuff. So they wanted to make a a very decided split in between IT and ed tech. Uh, So that's where this role started to shift was they wanted me to be in the classroom more, taking control of classrooms, working with teachers or co-teaching, things like that nature versus just presenting and running workshops in that. So that was the big tech coach change that was happening. So when I was presented, it was more presented as this is a person who is a teacher as at heart. And I wanted to make sure that that was, that's what was known. That's, that was at the forefront of every, every time I talked to a teacher, like, Hey, I, I know what you're trying to do. I know the struggles that you had inside the classroom. I know the difficulty it is to innovate with ed tech here's what I did. Here are my failures. That's how I presented myself. So my curriculum director was on board. So, you know, game planning for that was this is someone whose role is going to be yes, to bring in speakers and, and get you the professional development you need during the year, but also a person that you can seek out that can help you with lesson planning and co-teaching and, uh, you know, project and lesson ideas and things like that. So, you know, I can help you write curriculum, which I did a lot of that first summer was a lot of curriculum writing as well with, with separate departments. Now, I don't think that we, we defined what you are at this point. You have 
um, your position title, which we've already mm-hmm. mentioned, but sure. you are between two high school, like your district is two high schools, right? And then do you see yourself split into two or three if you add the district level? Like, how, how do you see your 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 position split off? So I'm so I am a so I'm a district level, right? So I work uh, my I guess my home office is primarily out of the board office, which is connected to one of our high schools, and it is a two high school regional district. So we have a bunch of little towns that feed into the two high schools, uh, and I bounce between both. So you know, depending on my schedule, I may be in one building one day, another. A lot of times this year, I'm finding myself running between both buildings. I've just wanted to be open even more. Uh, which is difficult as times as as well. Um, but I also work with all staff. So this was a change that I had to get used to was being a tech coach, just an instructional technology coach from a previous district from a, at, at one high school where I only worked with teachers to now working district-wide, board of ed, high school, both and two high schools, um, where I'm also working with providing professional development for nurses and secretaries and administrative assistants and, and administrators, um, on a variety of things, things that even people in the board office and the programs that they're using, I need to be able to provide professional development to them as well. So this became a wider, I mean, I'm working with instructional aides and one-to-one aides and things like that. So yeah, this became a bigger, a bigger, broader PD base than than what I was only accustomed to in working with teachers. So I really had to become f- fluent in a lot of the things that every staff member, including nurses, which is tough, you know, nurses and, and media specialists um, and guidance counselors. I mean, nurses and guidance counselors, people that generally go uh, untouched when it comes to PD and they're never offered a, you know, enough. I think I had to now find speakers and bring people in. This was a new area for me. And, and is that easy? I mean, are you, are you in charge of going to the head of guidance and saying, what do you need? Or, Hey, I'm going to do this because it's my gig or you have to build not only those relationships as a coach, but as an equal or as I'm, I'm, I'm the one that support, like, you're not above them, but your work, show off how that works. Like, what's the ladder here? Cause, <laughs> yeah, cause so we, we talk about all this a lot, and, and I'm just, you know. Yeah. It, I, it, it's like the whole ed tech integration plan we've been talking about for the last two years <laughs> right in front of us here. How do you so have it, these conversations? It is a little weird. I think I, I, from a teacher's perspective in my district, I think they look at it as, well, I, I do – spend a lot of time with the curriculum director hand in hand and we do a lot of work together mm-hmm. i think when it's looked at that way it feels like maybe i'm higher on the ladder than really where i want to be anyway like i don't like to sell it that way so i think i, I would say i'm on par with more of like like subject supervisors right but even though i do a lot of work with principals and whatnot and things like that so i'm not above anyone i'm more just lateral kind of off on my own island a little bit as far as positions go um and i fulfill what's needed but i might go to a guidance supervisor or a uh or one of the nurses i may ask for hey who do you want what's some pd that you can use and i think it's come to the point now where a lot of supervisors if there's a need, they know, okay, who we go to is Nick. We tell him, look, this is what we're interested in as far as professional development. I see if I can get that or bring that person out or supply that. If I can't, I'll speak to the curriculum director and we'll see if we can bring someone in to, to, to fix that. So there's a budget. 
Yeah. So I actually don't know what my budget is. I don't know if I actually have a specific number, which is kind of funny. Um, but I just know that as long as I'm not asking for something obnoxiously way too out of the ballpark that um, generally I get it. It usually comes out of our curriculum, overall curriculum budget. I have a you know, certain amount of money that I can spend on tech and PD and things like that. So, yeah. So there you are. You got in, introduced to your 12 months. You yep. got a chance to stretch your legs a little bit. And then finally comes that time where you in a brand new role to the district, again, same title maybe, but they redesigned the entire program mm -hmm. when you got here. Uh, you're now being introduced to high school teachers. Take it from there. <laughs> Scary. You know what's scary is you're going from a teacher, right, who as a teacher role of just like, you know, you sit at the meetings, you know, you know, those beginning of the year meetings where you're sitting in the auditorium and you're with all of the teachers and the admin are up there and board of ed members and things like that. And now you're one of the people who is standing. Now you're facing in the other direction. Right. It's facing the other direction. But I'm not a principal. You know, I'm not the curriculum director. I'm not a superintendent. I'm not a board of ed member. I'm nothing like that. But I'm up there now being introduced as here's the guy. This is the resource that we want for you. This he, he has a backbone in, you know, English and secondary education. And, and he was a, a marching band director and all these different things. And I advise these different things. So they're trying to sell it as the light of like, you know, he's one of you. Wait, he wait, has wait knowledge. Wait, uh, wait a minute. They, yeah, they tried to director. sell you as. Yeah, I was gonna say, they tried to sell you as the tech coach because you used to be a marching band director. <laughs> So I filled a lot of positions at my previous district. I was also, regardless of just the high school English teacher I, and tech coach, I was also the marching band director at the time. So very interesting mix of, of roles that I was fulfilling. Okay. Um, yeah. So there, yeah. There, there were a lot trying of trying to do Google Hangouts with your clarinet and oboes. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'll tell you what, it led to me my first year being asked if I wanted to help out with the marching band. But, you know, I, I had to, I had to move on from that, that hat. That's too many. So, yeah, so, it's interesting when you're up in front, it's a whole different view. So I was being sold as, hey, this is the resource that we believe in, um, who is coming to us with knowledge from a school district that has already been one to one for, I guess, at the time we would have been six, seven, seven years. Um, so we were I my previous district was ahead as far as being a one to one district than my district currently now who comes to us with that knowledge, but also has a knowledge in two key areas that we are trying to move ourselves in. And one of those was more of a blended learning, personalized learning goal. And that's always been one of our goals with my district right now is to be more personalized, not just talk about ed tech tools, but how to manipulate the use of tech and how teachers teach with that technology. You know, Kahoot is great, quizzes and all these different ed tech apps are great, but is that just a one-time thing or is that changing the way that you're teaching? And we, and my district was looking at it. How do we change the way teachers are teaching and things that I had done in my classroom, gamification, blended learning, that was changing the way I was teaching. So that's what they were looking to do. And they felt that I had a strong background in that. And that's what they wanted teachers to work on. So my beginning of the year goal was let's start talking about personalized learning and how to really use the one-to-one -one situation that this district had and how to best utilize that uh, to the students and, and the way teachers taught. So you're introduced. Yeah. It's time for you to walk into those buildings. Oh. It's time for you to walk into that classroom. Now, we've talked a lot on this show of... <laughs> 
you know, the fact that as a tech coach, when we have our interviews and we get hired, we are told this is your job. This is what we expect of you. But we're never in a position where the teachers are told what the coaching model is. The teachers are never told, you know, when Nick walks in, this is what we expect of him. This is what we expect out of you, plural. And this is what we expect out of you, singular. Um, what is it like walking into those buildings? What is it like doing that? Because I would imagine that while you're at high school one being introduced, high school two is also talking about you, but you're not there. Or were you able to have an opportunity in both of those introduction meetings? What was it like going through that process and then finally getting your foot in the first classroom? So when we uh, when I was introduced, we did it as a district. So both schools uh, were, were in one auditorium together and I was introduced that way. Um, but then day one, right, I am day one stepping foot in the classroom, you know, after the opening day is my first day, I am in one building. So originally I tried to set it up where I had, you know, I gave them a schedule of what I anticipated, where I anticipated being from day to day, you know, like Monday in this building, Tuesday in this building, Wednesday I split. And I came up with just a very generic at the beginning because I didn't know what projects I was going to be leading or, you know, what school or teacher may need me more than others at the time. And that has since obviously changed, um, but it changed kind of right away because once you undertake a project or you start working closely with one or two teachers, you find yourself, well, if no teacher is using me in building B, then I'm going to spend more time with these teachers in building A because we have a project. We have something that we're working on, which is what I ended up doing. But, you know, stepping forth into the classroom or in the district uh, I was, uh, at the building day one was a, was a change. One thing that I had to kind of I don't mind helping teachers when they when they need it. Right. Like you've got a laptop issue. You don't know how to do something. Your projector isn't working. Fine. I'll, I'll try to help you. But one thing I definitely was a goal of mine and my districts was, hey, Nick is not IT. He's not a break fix guy. You know, you can ask him for help, but don't expect that he has to be there to change a bulb for a projector. And that was something I appreciated working basically between three buildings. I didn't want to be tied down with that. And we had a very understanding. I have a big IT group. I mean, that's one thing I got to say at the, my district is, uh, we supply a lot of resources when it comes to IT. So we have two very big groups at each at each building. There's enough guys and manpower around to kind of go around, plus secretaries. So, I mean, there's never really an issue uh, when it comes to IT stuff. So I appreciated the fact that that was lifted off my shoulders. That I didn't have to worry about it. But do I still get calls now? Yes. And that was difficult at the beginning was having to try to sell yourself and be willing to help teachers, but also know when to turn things down. Because had I kept fixing bulbs or working with people with broken laptops, they'd view me as an IT assistant. And I'm not. I want to be more about being in your classroom, ed tech, and working with students. I don't want to be known as the IT break fix guy. And, and that's so hard, right? Because as yep. a tech coach, we, we just want to please, mm -hmm. right? Here I am. Look at me. Love me. Do something with me. As opposed to I'm here to inspire you to do what you need with your students. I'm just the vehicle of inspiration. I am the conduit sure. for, for what, you know, again, things we talk about a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I, I am the way that we get what the administration wants into the classroom. That's, that is our role here. Yeah. If and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Jeff, mine went a step further, which kind of scared teachers because one of the issues I always had at the beginning was 
going in to just pop in or and observe because I always said, let me let me just check out what you're doing in the classroom and I'll offer some advice. And that was another hard sell, which probably took a couple of years. Right. Was yeah, but is he really coming in to observe me or is he evaluating me? Yes, because <laughs> in my role. Not only am I the tech coach, but I'm also in charge of their professional development hours. So people saw that as, oh, well, he's in charge of professional development hours. He's the one that actually well, says yes or no, if we can go out of district and get professional development hours. It goes through the curriculum director and I, and I say yes or no. So I get to turn things down. So they looked at that as a, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to let this guy in. So that was another piece that I had to kind of overcome as well. Well, if you had a time machine and you were going back to July, August of that first year, what would you tell yourself? Like, what were those things that you wish you knew before you walked into that first classroom, before you had that first orientation? Oh, geez. Um, I think if I went back, I'd like to probably sit down a little bit longer with the building principles, um, all of the admin, um, and really just have it mapped out a little bit more as far as expectations and goals. I think what ends up happening is things get changed over the course of the year. Some people aren't quite sure as, as to definitions and titles and things like that of what gets tossed and what, and what the goals and expectations are. So I think just having a really delineated, clear picture of what the expectation is. And I would have loved to have right from the get go. I have it now, my principles now, um, which I actually have, virtually newer they've come in not too long after me uh principals one at each building and they know like sell the idea of of nick of me and that's so now right you have to teach your teaching your principal to sell you yeah and in the beginning that was difficult and i think if i could go back that would have been the change from the get-go is to make sure that that nick hey you have a teacher who's struggling you have a teacher that maybe is on a performance improvement plan right like a like a pip Offer me. I mean, I could be the person that you offer as. How do you do that? Right. I mean, that's something I've tried Mm -hmm. at various degrees of, of, of success. And other tech coaches have tried. Like you have to go in there and it it could even be your, your first year or your third year. You're telling your boss how to do their job. Yeah. So you can then do the job that they're asking you to do. (laughs) How does this process work? So for me, it was kind of easy in the sense that I built a really strong and I still have a, an extremely strong relationship with my curriculum director, who is my boss, which is pretty much one of the highest up of the district, right? I mean, he, he's pretty much the guy um, other than the superintendent, who's the woman of our district. So he sold the idea of, look, here's what Nick is offering. Here are the things he can do. He's the one that basically pushed it from the top principles. This is what I think you need to be utilizing Nick for expect to see him in classrooms. He's not going to be evaluating teachers, but you need to tell it to teachers. He is a resource that they need to be using. And when you have one, this is what works out well is when they see something in an, they do an evaluation themselves. What I've been noticing now is they are mentioning in their follow-up evaluation, their reflection with the teacher me as the resource. So I noticed your conclusion or your exit ticket was kind of weak of your lesson. Check out Nick. He ran a workshop on formative assessment tools and he could probably help you on strengthening that part of your lesson. So they now sell me as a piece to help teachers, um, 
which then they say, you know, which is kind of neat because then they come to me and they're like, Hey, I got this on my evaluation score wise. This is my only weak area. And then I talk to them, I observe them and I say, yeah, we're going to get you up to, you know, <laughs> if not a 4.0, we're going to be pretty close, but this is what we're going to do to get you to, to finalize that one missing piece that you're missing. So you've been in your position now for a couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Going on uh, four to five years. Yeah. Now, would you say that you are running the Nick Amaral professional development program or are you running the district's professional development program? I, Ooh, I, I think boy. I'm saying that right. But I mean, have you in the last couple of years defined this, built this, organized this, um, or are you just steering the ship that the district wants you to steer? Interesting. A lot so, of tech. Let me, let me rephrase. A yeah. lot of tech coaches are told this is what you're doing. Yeah. And a lot of tech coaches are being told it's your job. So, okay, mine's a little interesting in the sense that I do want to preface: we have a very particular professional development model. All right. So, and especially in New Jersey, this may not come as a shock to other states. I'm not quite sure on the rule, you know, rules that they have to follow there. But for New Jersey, my district's model is a little, little interesting. So obviously a lot of teachers normally get their professional development hours through in-service days, right? So we, however, do not let teachers earn professional development hours during the contractual school day. Okay. So most, that means that basically in order for teachers to earn their 21 hour, 20 hours of professional development, hundred over five years, they would have to earn that during the school day. Now our district runs its own separate from that 20 hours, its own 21 hours a school year in order to buy days back at the end of the school year. So if you want to leave three days earlier on your contract, in essence, you would earn 21 hours, seven hours a day of professional development hours that would quell those three days. So we have a lot of teachers that don't want to show up, would love to leave three days early, and they want to earn that professional development. So I wanted you to know that that because that's important. That's the district's model. I don't get to choose. That. I don't get to change that. I don't get to modify that. Teachers cannot earn professional development hours during the day. So everything I do has to be outside the contractual school day before, or after, or days that we're off. Having said that, everything else that I've done now has now since been the Nick Amaral model. And what I mean by that is my district never really did a lot with online PD. It was always a lot of more sit and get physical workshop stuff. They would run, my curriculum director, I think, ran one or two online courses, like lengthy multi-week courses where he posted stuff, you know, once a week or something like that. Other than that, that was never a thing. And the anytime, anywhere learning professional development model, the on-demand type thing, that wasn't a thing. So I have since built what has become my, I guess, my thing. My thing has been bringing that gamification background that I have teaching students to professional development, designing and building uh, a whole online course full of on-demand, on-the-go uh, modules that teachers can do anytime, anywhere, and they can earn professional development hours uh, that way through our LMS on top of the sit-and-get, I guess, more hands-on style workshops that I run after school. I've added now, you know, a summer uh, conference that we run. This will be our third year going into that, uh, fourth, third or fourth year, fourth year going into that. So yeah, I have since built my own kind of PD empire in my district that follows those some of the rules that I had in place that I can't change. So your district, as you said, puts up the rules. They need 
X number of hours mm -hmm. or else these things happen. But you're but the then, one that determines the courses. You're the one that determines absolutely. the offerings. You're the one that says you yes. can go or you can't go. You got it. Yeah, so it's a free reign after that. They go, this is the rule. This is what they need to do. They got to get 21 hours of professional development a year. That's separate from the 20-hour, five-year, you know, five 100-hour model from the state. This is what you need to do, and you got to be the guy to try to get them to the 21 hours, which is great because that's a selling point for me. From there, it becomes Nick sitting down over the summer, mapping out the year and saying, okay, what are our district goals? What are they going to seek? What things are teachers working on? What do they need? Let me survey them. And district well, goals are things that you're handed or so. I mean, things, we, we've, we've talked before about yeah. are you in those conversations or not? That's not not the question here. But I mean, your yeah. superintendent has an agenda. That agenda is saying our district is moving in this direction. So that is with me. OK. Right? So, yeah, I am in that meeting. That is something. How that vocal is are you in those meetings? You, not being uh, an administrator you're you're just you're you, I, i'm not i, I know you well sure. enough to say you're not the yes person but yeah, right but you're right. you're clearly not leading a mission a, a meeting no, on vision i'm not right i'm not the guy going okay hey by the way let me sit down to the superintendent curriculum director and the principals and say here's what i think this is the district goals are going to be these three things no it doesn't usually run out that way it usually ends up I'm usually a sit and listen in the beginning and someone either asks for advice or what do you think? And then that's when I chime in and then things change from there. So that's usually how I just like to play things. Like you said, I'm not an administrator. I'm not a teacher. I fall in between there. Um, but they look at me as someone who, I guess, like you said, you know, we are that a tech coach is that innovative person for guidance that they're looking for. And is your role there to say, here's how we get there? Or is it okay yeah. for you to say, let me get back to you on that one. Do it's okay to, to say, let me answers all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally okay to say, you know, let me get back to you. Let me think about that. Let me see what we can do with this. You know, th those are things I can, I can say I've said, um, you know, if I hear something and they say, Hey, we're looking at an, you know, we're looking at a district goal. We're looking to change one of them. We're going to go in the, in the direction of interdisciplinary learning, right? That's what we did last year. So my first question is, okay, that's great. It sounds interesting, but how do you define that? And what is your goal? What is your expectation? What do you want to see from teachers? If you're going to say interdisciplinary learning is now uh, a district goal, what do you want to see going on in, inside the classroom? Because now when I work with teachers, when I run workshops, I need to know that because one, the definition needs to be the same between you and I. Um, and two, I need to make sure that when I'm doing these workshops or they go with, go to me for questions that when they go to get evaluated from a supervisor or a principal, that they're not walking out with a two in their evaluation. And they come to me and say, well, Nick showed us this, this, and this, and that's not right. So, well, yeah, I, I ask a lot of questions. I try to get those answers. Usually we come up with common language for all admin, including myself then, as far as what we're going to push out there. And that's usually how we define things. You know, one thing was DI. We had a district. Uh, that was the goal I walked into when I first started. That was one of our goals was differentiated learning. Um, and we had people that were throwing around different definitions. So one of the things I sat down was, I was like, look, this is how I interpret DI, but wow, what you guys are interpreting is totally different. And then what supervisors are putting on people's evaluations are different than the, what the two of you are saying. So we need to collectively have a definition now for whatever it is that we talk about. How many teachers are in your uh, school district? Yeah, uh, I would say between two, 250. 
So you have 250 two teachers. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll call it 275, 280 sure. once you get central office. Right. Yep. Now, you obviously were not in that school district, so you were brought in as the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the question that I we get a lot of tech coaches struggling with, myself included, is there's a percentage of people that don't like you, don't want you. <laughs> they see your position as he can't make me change, all of those different things. And even you've got it one section worse because you've got the... I have to now be nice to him or else he's not going to let me go to my PD, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Um, be honest. Percentage of people who you get along with, percentage of people who you stay away from because of attitudes <laughs> and, pers- you know, get, like, sure. let's, let's be yeah. honest here, right? Because okay. some people are going to love you. Some people are not going to love you. And then you've got that that in the middle of, all right, he's a good guy, but ugh, or... Mm-hmm hey, this guy is going to come in and potentially save my career by helping me through the first couple of years until I get tenure. And then I can go on him, right? <laughs> where, where do you see yourself floating around? Like, where's the pie look like here? Uh, so give me names. <laughs> so look, I would say I am a pretty personable person, right? I would think they say? That it's so I hear. Um, and I think I get along with a lot of people, but, and, and and I try not to bog it down. You know, one thing I I learned just from me teaching was I I wasn't going to make every kid score an A, right? Like as much as I was trying to get them to do better and, and me gamifying my class was, was to engage all students. I still wasn't going to engage all students, right? It's just not going to happen. So I shoot for, for the majority. So I would say, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm, I, I think I'm pretty good with a lot of people. I would say 85, 90%. There's a small crew, right? And there are some people that I'll be honest. I, you know, just from the way discussions and things have gone in the past that seem like they don't want anything to do with me or don't want to, ha- you know, need me to for anything. That's, you know, that's fine. I'll, I'll leave them to it. And, you know, if a time arises and they do need me, great. If they're getting their hours done um, and I don't see them at the end of the year or they don't, I'm not denying anything, then that's fine. Then they're doing what they need to do. Um, And we move on with our day. You know, I, I think the difficulty for me is when you get some of the pushback that's just, I try not to take things to heart. And I think we are going to as tech coaches and as as teachers. I mean, as much as I didn't want a student to say, oh, I hated that class. Me hearing that made me question the things I was doing in my classroom, which led to me gamifying and things that I did. So when I hear, you know, a teacher say, oh, that workshop or, you know, oh, Nick doesn't run anything that I think is important. That makes me question some of the things that I'm doing. And I think tech coaches hear those things all the time and they wonder about, you know, the role and the things they're doing. So I'd say I'm pretty good overall. I think I'm pretty good, but you know, I'll, I'm definitely going to say there's There's going to be teachers I'm not connecting with. And it's not that I'm not trying. I just think that some people, you're not going to change everyone. And it, it is what it is. You shoot for the majority. Well, coming up on next week's episode, we have Nick's social studies department coming on. And we're <laughs> that actually might be one of my good ones. <laughs> and math department. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> so let's do a little circle back here. You had said originally that you 
were an English teacher and you decided to get into professional development because you needed more PD for yourself. It's a common theme. It's certainly my story. It might be the story of somebody out there who's listening. Now that you have this position, now that you're comfortable, where do you go for inspiration? Where do you go for your professional development? I think I know two of the answers, but what places do you look for when you need to learn something, whether before your job or just for professional growth? Building, you know, building a nice PLN of people um, that I have in different areas that have done different things. Uh, you know, you, right. As one person, I have a, I have a group of PLN of, of teachers and educators and ed tech specialists and people like that, that I reach out to, uh, I've built a pretty good group now with people in Schoology that are different teachers and, and ed tech people throughout the U S that are all Schoology. Schoology. What's that? It's power Schoology now power Schoology. Right. Um, and that's a great PLN to be a part of. And we, you know, we share ideas, but I think Right. That's my number one is just reaching out. I, I, I always enjoyed reaching out when I was when I was trying to gamify and doing things inside my classroom. I remember calling, not knowing Chris Aviles or knowing uh, Dan Harold out of Pittsburgh or some of these people, just making phone calls to try to make connections and see what people were doing. So that's my number one. Obviously, you know, using social media and Twitter and things like that works out as well. But I read a lot of blogs, too. I just like reading articles. And to me, it's a lot of pedagogy stuff and teaching stuff. And then I find out where the tech can fit into that. Um, but when you're looking for inspiration and ideas, I think you just got to you got to connect with other people. You got to find out what they're doing, what works, what doesn't work and and see how that fits with some of the things that you want to do. You know, Nick, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, you know, I've certainly enjoyed learning with you, learning from you. We've, of course, been doing this show now on and off for the last year or almost year and a half. And, you know, if you guys have been out there listening to any of the shows that Nick and I have done together, we hope you've enjoyed it. We would love to hear from you guys. Reach out to us online at Ask the Tech Coach. Send us a tweet. Check out all the great offerings over at AskTheTechCoach.com. This is, of course, episode number 72. And I think, Nick, when you and I started, it was episode 20 something or so. Yeah, so I remember the 20s. We we certainly have a great catalog here. We were working on some pretty interesting things for 2020 and beyond. Now, Nick, before I let you go as a guest, I do have a little surprise, something that I, I uh, ask a lot of my guests. It is a challenge no that not everybody has been successful on, but I'm wondering, Nick, <laughs> would you be interested in taking the challenge? Would you be interested in answering five simple questions, Nick? I'd like to offer you an opportunity to take the Jersey five. Oh no. Okay. We have five questions. Each one of them gets a little bit harder. I think knowing you as well as I know you, I think I know the answers to some of yours, but we'll see what answers you come up with. Are you ready to take the challenge? Are you ready for question number one? Let's do it. What is your favorite Twitter account or hashtag to follow and why? Oh, geez. Uh, so I guess I have to be a little partial here to uh, hashtag ask the tech coach, but I, I might have to follow that one. Um, also, hashtag ed tech and, and gamification. Those are big ones for me. Favorite ed tech tool to play with, not named Jamboard. <laughs> Dang, you took that one right from out, out from under me. Uh, EdTech tool to play with. So I'm I, I love playing around with GimKit right now as an Gimkit. app. Oh Gimkit. man, what is that? GimKit. 
so that is like the new Kahoot and quizzes, ah. uh, where you get cash and you can use the cash in the background to buy power ups in the game, which is kind of cool. Because every um, second grader needs this. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be a hit. So I, I, I love that one. My personal app, though, has always and will always be uh, Google Keep. I love Google Keep. All right, they get harder from here. Uh-oh. Best best advice you've ever been given as a tech coach. Oh, as a tech coach. Oh, man. Um, oh, geez. I'm on the spot now. Uh, best advice as a teacher was always, <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I have to say this one because and I don't know if it's going to make people angry. I don't think it will. But it was don't go into the faculty lounge. And I lived by that. Um, and it wasn't. And as a tech coach, I think that can can help or not help. I think sometimes you got to go wherever you're needed, but I always lived by that just because there's so much as far as stories and nonsense that can be tossed up. I always found not going into it, spending my time wisely in other areas and not getting caught up in any gossip and stories was always important. So that may not fit maybe particularly the tech coach, but that was always something I lived by. Never walk into the faculty room. They might still be talking about you. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Number four here, and, and I, I'm going to say this the way that I say this to many people, but we can always interpret it. The question is, what do you hope your students remember about you when they graduate at the end of the year? Maybe for this, what do you hope your teachers remember about you at the end of the like, what 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 do you want to what what mark do you want to leave on your school district at the end of the year? Uh, so as far as me though, right. That's what we're saying. Okay. Gotcha. So I, you know, I hope that they, I hope that they're inspired. One thing that I always seem to hear from teachers at the end of a workshop, um, when I just do present or just talk to teachers is, you know, you're, you're just so creative and you think outside the box and students must've had a lot of fun in your classroom. So I just hope that teachers, get that I try my hardest when I put workshops and things together in order to make it engaging. And I hope that they use that as a spark in order to think outside the box when they're, when they're trying to put their lessons together for their students. And number five, why should a tech coach sign up for the mastermind? No, no, no. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll save that one for a couple more moments here. Um, Lastly, and and probably the, the hardest one that anybody has ever gotten here is what is your favorite or best teachable moment you've ever had as a teacher as a tech coach or i'll even throw in there as a father oh man yep so oh and a father now i feel bad now i feel like i have to use that as the example um you don't have you can bring up any of the conversations (laughs) we have on the car so no you know what i think uh a teaching moment for me was so one of the things that really led to me was just me questioning the things i was doing in the classroom and and if students you know were learning if they were interested in in what i was doing and i think teachable moment for me was was actually stepping back um in the beginning i was always very upset that i ended up teaching um, a lot of resource level students. I felt like being taken away AP and honors was maybe like a negative to me in the beginning, but I'll tell you what, it opened up a lot of doors. And when you have those students from resource level students who reach out to you and say like, you know, he listened to me, he understood me and he helped make me a better person than that things that I can always take away. And I'll tell you what, I still talk to a lot of those students. Um, 
who still reach out to me today. And the best part about it was one of those students that I had um, in a resource level freshman and sophomore year ended up going on to AP level by his senior year of high school. So that to me was one of the best things that I think I walked away with. Speaking today to my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Nick Amaral from the great state of New Jersey. Nick, where do people get a hold of you? Yeah, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at namaraledu. You can check on my blog, which hasn't been updated, but I'm in the works of reworking the entire site uh, at nicholasamaral.com. Um, or check me out with you here and there at, uh, on the Ask the Tech Coach. Nice. And we want to have you guys be featured on our next episode. We hope you enjoyed this. This is certainly one of my favorites to deep dive with a good friend of ours here. We would love to feature you and your Tech Coach programs. Reach out to us over at askthetechcoach.com. You can, of course, sign up on any of our contact forms on just about every single page. Or you can tweet to us at askthetechcoach. Let us know that you're out there, and we would love to have you guys be featured. Of course, we also encourage you guys to sign up for our Tech Coach newsletter, where we are doing weekly tech Tech Coach Tips, we have a great thing coming up in, our, in 2020. We're going to be building a, a few Tech Coach online courses with our friends over at Canvas. And we have a few more tips and tricks up our sleeve. So we hope you guys have a great holiday week here and are going to be enjoying Ask the Tech Coach well into the brand new year. So on behalf of Nick and everybody here in the Ask the Tech Coach Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teacherCast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.